Universe. Media. Network. 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 Welcome to the STL REI Girls Podcast, recorded live at Webster Groves Garden Cafe, 117 East Lockwood Avenue, in Webster Groves, Missouri. I'm Melanie Claiborne. I'm Sandra Holtmeyer. And we are here today talking with Tanya Winninger. But before we get started with Tanya, Sandra, what is up with you and your business this I am so excited. I am looking for my next rehab. My project, my last one's under contract, and we're going to close in a couple of weeks, so I need another one. All right. Well, if you have a rehab for Sandra, give her a call. Always. (laughs) Thank you. And I am so excited about this market. Market is excellent. I uh, put one on the market on Sunday, what, a week ago Sunday? I got four contracts, and I'm just excited. We still have low inventory. So if you're putting a property out there after you've rehabbed it, uh, it's a seller's market. So it's all great. All right. We're going to be talking to Miss Tanya Winninger. And um, Tanya is a determined, driven person. And she's an agent with three doors in Keller Williams and is also a real estate investor who works in short sales with multiple property portfolios. I think Tanya has her finger in quite a few different things, and it's exciting to uh, watch her watch her fly. She just she started not too long ago. I think I had become a member of Three Doors first, and then I saw you come in, and uh, she just grabbed the bull by the horns and took off. And determined is a great way to describe her. She is excellent. So welcome, Tanya. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm like really nervous and really excited at the same time. So I'm like, oh my gosh, you're saying all these awesome things about me. I'm like, really? <laughs> is that me sitting here? <laughs> That's Yes, you know. it is. That's why you're here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, about your personal life, what you do. Um, I mean, I feel, sometimes I feel like I've, I've told everybody like what I do and kind of how I got started so many times. I feel like I'm boring everybody, but... Um, uh, so I am a former social worker. I've been a social worker for over 20 years in the mental health field, and then I have a master's in counseling, and I am still a licensed professional counselor. Decided to get into real estate, and we are now four years later in real estate, two years being a serious investor. It's, oh my gosh, it's been it's been a roller coaster. It's been a whirlwind. I'm so excited. That's fabulous. So say again, how long have you been in the real estate? So I bought my first income property, my first like becoming an investor property in 2016. Okay. And it's That's my, not that long ago. I mean, no. it probably feels like some ways it is and some ways it's not. Yeah, four years. I'm like, oh my gosh. So um, so a little bit, this, this is kind of one of those fun stories. I like to give myself birthday presents every year. And so, like, you know, a couple of years, I bought myself a new car. You know, it's really kind of fun to go birthday shopping. And one year, I decided, uh, I want to buy a house for my birthday. I need an income there property. There you go. That's a good, good present birthday. for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my, my partner and I played cash flow for the first time, you know, kind of like at home in the living room. And it's like, oh, wow, this is kind of really cool. We played it again. And I'm like, oh, mama needs passive income. Mama, mom's going to buy a house. And, and they looked at me and they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, honey, you have no idea. We're going to go buy a house and we're going to rent it out to somebody else. And, and that's, that's, that's what we're going to do. And they looked at me and said, okay, honey. And then for my birthday, I got my approval letter and uh, bought a house. 
Hey, that's exciting. That's a good birthday present. I love it. Fabulous. You should do that every year. <laughs> that's my goal. Right. You know, I'm a little I'm a little delayed this year. My birthday's next week. So I'm like, oh, how am I going to buy a house this year? Well, I bought two last year. So I guess I'm caught up for a minute. Okay. There yeah. you go. There Working you go. ahead. Good for you. Yeah. All right. Well, you just talked about the appeal of rental properties and income properties. Is that what appealed to you most about doing this? Or what, what got you started and interested in real estate? So I had been presented with real estate probably since I was in my early 20s. Uh, you know, just kind of doing the thing. I have always been, like, for an introvert, I've always been a go-getter. And, and I thought I wanted to buy a house when I was in my early 20s. And so I looked around, like, how do I buy a house? And these investors just, like, came out of the woodwork. I had no idea what they were or who they were at that time. And they said, hey, we've got these great properties. Go take a look at it. This one's going to need a full gut. You don't mind putting in some elbow grease, you know, some sweat equity. I've got all these properties. And I'm like, dude, my stepdad's been in construction his entire life. Uh, like, I kind of know what I'm doing. Like, I can hang drywall like nobody's business. Yeah, I do the mud and tape. Wow, you the woman. I mean, <laughs> I, I used to help my stepdad in construction, and you know, I dated a guy that was in construction. So I mean, like, it was nothing for me to spend a weekend mudding and taping a house, and you know, doing better than the professionals. So I don't know. I'm not like exalting that by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. but you know, when, <laughs> when, when when you're not getting paid for it, and you can take the time, you do a little bit better of a job. Um, but. Uh, I had no idea that that's that's what they were doing, and so when we played cash flow and and that that opportunity came up, you know, I bought a house in '07 that I wanted to rehab, and I was like, I've got to do this like for real. 2016 came along. That's when I was seriously bitten by the bug, and I needed to get into real estate. I needed to get into the investing side, and how do I go about doing that? So buying the buying my first rental property really opened that door, and and I, I would like to call it even like a triple garage door. It really <laughs> just opened that floodgate to be able to say, "Oh, that's what you do." So the light bulb like totally turned on, and I'm all like, "Let's go, let's do it." And I'm dragging everybody in my family along with me. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's great. Good. And how about your family? Are they supportive? Are they um, happy for you? Or are they like? Are you having to drag them, like, literally? <laughs> um, so, it, you know, it's it's fun because it's kind of like a half-and-half half mix, right? Okay. My partner, um, Gabriel, is an amazing person. And when I said, baby, we're buying a house, he's all like, great, go for it. And and he went along house buying with me, and, and he's really into the passive income side of things. And so he's very supportive on that side. When we wanted to make this a career and do this part-time and be serious about it, that's when he stopped. He, he puts me up and says, I will help you. You go do it. I will go to houses with you. Um, but he he can't, you know, his, his mindset and where he is, is the supporter of me doing it. Okay. And my daughter loves what I'm doing and she wants her own rentals and she and I have made a girl. Yeah. Yeah. She's 25 and she and I have made this agreement, you know, yeah, you know, get, do, do A, B and C and mama will help you buy your fourplex. We will get Mm -hmm. you where you want to be. Somebody else paying your mortgage. Um, now, my stepmom and my stepsisters, who have been in real estate their entire lives, um, think that I have not only joined the dark side, um, but <laughs> that, that I have lost my mind in the process. And they are supportive of me doing it. They are just still very skeptical um, 
of, of the investing side of things because they just don't understand how we do things on this side of the fence and merging and bridging the, the, the traditional side of real estate with the how do you get your properties. Right. I so. see that a lot with a lot of traditional agents that don't have any experience working with investors and have no rental properties or investments themselves. I've run into several that either are afraid of us, intimidated by us, think we're trying to take their business, and that's not the case at all. No. I think if they're not working with investors, they're missing an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Melanie and I have said this before, you know, we're taking, and anyone that's rehabbed a house, we're taking the ugliest house on the street, making it the prettiest and creating opportunity Mm -hmm. for investors to bring their buyers or agents to bring their buyers or get that listing. Um, So there's lots of ways agents can partner with us. So I hope there's agents listening and are picking up some nuggets because there's plenty of opportunity for all of us here. Everybody. I mean, so when when I finally explained to my stepmom, and she was the first one to come around to really beginning to understand that, you know, where, where where do you go to recycle houses? You know, and that's and that's what we're recycle, doing. We're, we're recycling, yeah, right. right? That's a great way to put Reduce, it. reuse, recycle, resell. Resell, yeah. That's <laughs> and, right. and so once she understood that concept, she she has actually been calling me for the last two months, going, "Hey, um, we need another house, but we know we're going to need to do a fixer upper so that because um, my stepdad died in November, she's like, we're we're going to have to do this as a fixer upper so that we can make sure to to get everybody in the family." in in where they need to be and doing it the traditional way of looking at the post rehabbed house they're they're just not there so they so they've she's come to me and said can you help me find a house an investment property so that you know we we can we can make it our own and I'm like you're in a perfect position to do that that's great listen sister I got you yeah let's go that's great good well I think you said your first deal was a rental is that right so that's how you got started yes did you intend to set out to do that or did it just happen how did that go down I intended to set out to do that when when I decided and when I when when Robert Kiyosaki like blew my mind and really opened that door, my intention was my first property was going to be a rental. It was going to be a passive income property that this was how I was going to, one, start the slow track to passive income, and two, start the learning process for the investing. So... Uh, I was at first looking for a single-family residence. Now, little did I know that single-family residence encompasses like a half a dozen options. Um, I was looking for a cute little bungalow or a cute little, you know, small house with the one-car garage and the picket fence, you know, like the, you know, two-and-a-half kids running around kind of thing. Not mine. Other people's. Um, So, but I I intended on buying a full-on rental. And then uh, my stepsister, who really doesn't want me investing, said, why would you do that? Why not just buy a duplex? And my mind was blown again further. And so I said, duplex it is. Let's do it. So I got into rentals with the duplex, and then the next two properties that I purchased were intentional single families for rental. Perfect. So do you still have that first rental? I still live in it. You live in oh, it, that's yes. Great. Oh, okay. And I self-manage it. Oh, so okay. it's an income awesome. property for you and your residents. That's yes. the way to do it. That's so smart. Listen, I would... I, that's great. If I can say anything about being lazy, I, I will tell you that being lazy has been one of the best things about my life because... <laughs> like what a better Work way it. right <laughs> i'm living in my house that somebody's helping me pay for if that is not the epitome of working smarter not harder it i'm is. on it it is awesome that's great so you got started with rentals and you would call that obviously since you're still 
in that duplex to call that a success, right? Yes. And then after that, you've had more successes. What would be your, um, your next big success after that? Staying in the game. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) I say that, um, so, so getting my first rental was my first big success. Um, my second one was making that next step into full-time and well, I say full-time investor, like actually making the process and the conscious decision to become an investor. Um, I went to a three-day boot camp, learned about how much I didn't know about what I was already doing that I should have known before I started doing what I was doing. <laughs> you know, there's so much to be said about pre-education, yeah, right? See how we're right. laughing at that? Yeah. I think we've been there, done that. <laughs> no, would have never <laughs> in my wildest dreams. But um, so... I got my first property under contract, learned so much, but that wasn't that wasn't even my biggest success, right? My biggest success was failing when I failed, recognizing I suck at this game. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm, I'm literally on vacation in the middle of nowhere with barely any cell phone service, and I have two contracts going south faster than, you know, the Arctic at sundown, right? So I'm like, oh, my Lanta. So recognizing that... You know, this isn't all, you know, just, you know, find a property wholesale, like quick $5,000 that, that led me to, you know, financially that led me to my biggest success, which was, I found a friend, uh, you know, I phoned a friend to find a friend and got connected with him. He was mentoring me, kind of guiding me a little bit along the way. And I just lucked into a 47 house or 47 property contract that an agent was selling for her clients and we managed so this this is the you know this is the glamorous side of real estate right uh the package was 1.9 million dollars for 47 properties um some of those were duplexes some of those were multi so but 47 properties and we negotiated to get it under contract for 1.3 million dollars and took an entire month to process literally process every property Mm -hmm. i walked all 47 properties i still have all 47 well most of the 47 properties on my phone i can just you know pick up a camera at will and go hey look this is a house i bought um and then through that process it took us three months to negotiate that down to six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars so excellent. And so part of this process, so, you know, I'm a social worker, I'm a bleeding heart. Um, so this package wasn't just, oh, hey, we have, you know, some investors have some properties they want to sell. No, these investors had actually been taken advantage of by the investor that had managed and, and monitored their properties for the last 10 to 15 years. So I was very involved with the, with the sellers through their agent. Uh, I cried through this process, how how devastated these these sellers are with this situation, and and then they come to find out that their properties that they were told was valued at almost two million dollars, their literal value was less than six hundred thousand, and and so we took we took the package down, and we have been rehabbing some of these homes and helping other agent or other investors rehab these homes so that they can be safe stable, affordable houses for the community in communities that didn't have that. That's a big project. Huge. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Three months of... And you survived it. I I survived. You're still here today to talk about it. Wow. So that was my, that was my first, my very first action as an actual agent. Mm -hmm. And I was the buyer's agent on that. And it was just, it was an amazing process. So... What a way to jump in. Yeah, Not really. just one, but 47. 47. <laughs> fire, wow. 
<laughs> so what's your favorite type of RE ideal, Tanya? The easy one? <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um, you know, so my favorite type of deal is the deal where not only is it good for me, the investor, to be a good buy, but it's a good deal for the seller to be a good sell. And it's one where, you know, the, listen... I'm a therapist. I'm a social worker. So my job is to make sure that you have safe, stable, affordable housing no matter where you go. And it doesn't matter if I buy your house or not. You know, how are we getting you from point A to point Z with as much dignity and respect and sanity as possible? So my favorite deals so far have been the ones that, you know, I've been your advocate I'm, I'm, your, I'm the agent, you know, I'm the, I'm the investor, I'm coming in to buy your house, right. which is fabulous, but, you know, can I get you some referrals and some resources? And I'm just like, wow, you know, my, the, the funnest deal I did was a, it was a friend of a friend referral, and he desperately just needed to get out of the house, and I'm like, how can I help you do that? Can you come to the table with money because you're upside down? And miraculously, he could. And, you know, we got him to a better situation. He was already living somewhere else. So just making that process seamless and as easy as possible. I'm guessing, because I've been in some similar situations, and it amazes me that even if someone has to bring money to the table or going through that terrible hardship, they're so thankful. And they give you a hug when they're done, which I would have never expected coming into this business. But sometimes these folks are in such dire straits that we're their only hope, and a real estate investor can offer alternatives other people haven't. Right. You know, the traditional agent, I've been talking with one lady this week, you know, she's very unhappy the fact that her house is going to foreclosure. And she's like, I have no idea why. If I hadn't, if I wasn't who I was, if I hadn't had the last 30-something years of experience of, you know, compassion and, and just how can I help you? Uh, coupled with, you know, learning, be more curious in, in this role, uh, I would have never thought being more curious in this role would have helped things. But, you know, helping her understand her situation better and, and then just, uh, I'm not even going to buy her house. You know, that's, that's not even on the table anymore. You know, where do you go to find the resources to, to get the foreclosure stopped and to, to solve the problem? That's a perfect segue to the next question. I was just going to say, you, you're answering my question that I like to ask about previous experience. And it sounds like your previous experience of being a counselor and a social worker is a huge um, boost to your real estate career. And I like to ask this question because other people listening, other women listening, might feel like, oh, I'm just a homemaker or I'm just a school teacher, you know, and this is not my thing. But we all bring prior experience and prior knowledge into the real estate business that actually fits and actually works and actually makes us a unique individual in the business and a great investor. So it sounds like your um, the, the question is what previous experience of yours is an asset to your new business. So I can tell already your compassion, mm-hmm. your um, social worker experience, all that has um, been a boost for you and for the people that you work with. Is there anything else you would add to that? Just natural curiosity and natural problem solving, right? So you mentioned, you know, teachers and homemakers. You know, homemakers, you know, parents, stay-at-home parents, they, they wear 17 different hats. And so as real estate agents, we need to be able to, to, to bring home to somebody else's home, right? And, and to put on that different hat to, 
so you, you, you have this 35, 40 years worth of experience. You don't ever go into the next situation not knowing how to help somebody, just not knowing which resource is going to be the right one. You know, I, I think it's amazing to hear you talk about that. One of the things that inspired Melanie and I to team up with Antonio and do this podcast was to inspire women and help everyone understand that you've all got different skill sets you can bring to the table. So I'm glad you mentioned a homemaker. Even for folks that have never worked, whether it be a man or a woman, you've got skills that mm-hmm. you're getting through life with that you can bring to this industry and make it a success for yourself. So we've talked to social workers, we've talked to college counselors, you were a teacher, I worked in food service. I mean, it's amazing everybody's background, and I I hope that continues to inspire women to hear that you can bring virtually any skill set here. Yes. Well, I was a homemaker for 15 years, and then I was suddenly single with three kids and a mountain of debt, and I had all that self-doubt that listening to you and listening to you if I could have listened to someone like that, like you too, I could have probably overcome it faster. But instead, it took me longer to get to that point where I could uh, jump off into uh, building a business of my own. It took me a lot longer. <laughs> but you know what? It's I, I was a homemaker. I was that example. So you, mm-hmm. it is possible. Yeah. You can do well, it. Yeah. I mean, because homemakers... You are the executive. You are the CEO of your home. You are the bookkeeper. You are the chef. You are the taxi driver. So, I mean, mm-hmm. when, when we think of can we do this, it's yes, we can. You know, so Bobette the Builder, can we build it? <laughs> yes, we can. Yes. Well, it's all about problem solving. And yep. if you're, if you're a, no matter who you are, you have problems and you have to solve them. Mm-hmm. So being resourceful, taking initiative, being proactive. Those are, I think, some of the three biggest things you need to be a real estate investor. Mm -hmm. And anybody from any background, typically, if you have those three things, you can move on into real estate investing. Yeah. Yeah. I I think people don't realize when they think about real estate investors, I think sometimes the connotation is we're just, you know, making a bunch of money off of other people and we're just making deals and we're helping people. You Mm -hmm. know, we are bringing options other people didn't have um, and... Every virtually every deal, I can't think of one deal I've done where the people haven't thanked me for helping them one way or the other, either just sell the house or get them the price they wanted or alleviate a huge problem for them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, we're making money in the process, but we're right. helping people. Right. Well, I mean, even in my career as, you know, as a social worker and as a therapist, right, I went into social work, and this is going to sound really funny because it's a joke, but I went into social work for the money. Right? I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to go make $22,000 a year. And I was ecstatic when I actually made twenty two five a year. And then I go into real estate. And, and so, again, this is the joke, but I, I, I'm going into real estate f- for the money. No, I'm not. I'm going into real estate to help people. Right? That's... I have to help people. I mean, it's a helping profession. As as a traditional real estate agent, you are helping a family find their new forever home. As an investor, you are helping a family leave a home that they can't sell on the traditional market, so you're going to have to sell it through the recycle store. That's that's great. Um, Fabulous. You'd sell your car the same way. Or families that are saddled with a home and they don't know what to do with it. It's not where they want to live. They don't have the Mm -hmm. knowledge and understanding of how to fix it up and sell Mm -hmm. it themselves. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a big burden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That we can alleviate that burden for them. All right. Well, let's shift gears for a minute. And now a quick word about our sponsor, Longhorn Investments. 
Longhorn Investments, LLC, is a direct private lender offering short-term acquisition and renovation capital to real estate investors for both residential and commercial assets. Highlights of Longhorn's program include up to 75% of ARV, financing up to 100% of cost, closing in three to five days, no income requirements, streamlined, simple approval process, and no prepayment penalty. Formed in 2008, Longhorn Investments has funded over 4,000 loans since its inception. Longhorn's complementary businesses include a title company and real estate law practice operating out of the corporate office. Longhorn's wealth of experience puts them in the unique position of being able to help investors through all aspects of each transaction. To get started with Longhorn Investments now, call and speak to the super nice guy, Lawrence Hopkins, at 314-749-7616. That's 314-749-7616. Or visit Longhorn Investments at longhorninvestments.com. Longhorn Investments, hard money lending simplified. And we're back with Tanya Winninger, and um, she is a powerhouse of knowledge and just a go-getter. I'm, I'm amazed at how much she has done in just the few years that she's been, um, even with Three Doors, where I have, uh, we are both uh, agent investors there. Um, so, Tanya, was there ever a time you thought about quitting the real estate industry? Um, how, how many times am I allowed to say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, we... When we decided to get really serious about investing, um, you know, it was it was kind of one of those times in my life where I'm like, uh, we, we've got to make a change. And I had I had been working full time as a therapist at the Crisis Intervention Center, and uh, then I had gone part time there, and then part time with the state, working with the Department of Corrections. Uh, by the way, one of my favorite jobs ever, like working with prisoners and offenders coming out of the system. Hello, how much more like moldable, you know, willingness to to do better? But um, so I'm like, something something's got to give. And when we when we got started in investing, uh, I was working part time at DOC and doing the investing, and and really just kind of like not sure of myself. How am I supposed to do this? I had a coach, and and he, God love him, he was doing the best that he could with this. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe I've got some earmuffs on and I can't hear, or I'm just not retaining the message. And you know, I had lofty goals. I, I wanted to close three deals before I left on vacation. We started this in like beginning of April, and my vacation is in the middle of June. I'm like, I want to close three deals by the middle of June. I, I got to have money to go on vacation. And he's, he looked at me and he goes, <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> nobody does that? He goes, nobody does that. And so I closed one. That's awesome. In, in that time frame. And, and he looked at me and he was like, oh my God. While I was on vacation and I lost two deals, it, it, you know, literally they were just falling apart and, and I learned later that they were crap to begin with, you know, so you've got to learn how that, and I'm just like, Gabriel, I don't know that I can do this. I just don't know if I can. And then I came back from vacation and I couldn't do both at the same time. And, and I begged permission to quit my job. And I did. Here, tip number one, listeners, um, <laughs> if you're thinking about getting into real estate investment and everybody tells you, keep your day job until you have enough income, passive income to keep it going, keep your day job, period. <laughs> I don't care what they tell you. Oh, you can do this and quit your... D-. No, don't. Keep it. Mama Tanya said keep your day job. <laughs> um, I, I was literally like, I, I, how do I do this? And so I quit my job. 
and started doing investing full-time, driving for dollars, trying to find things, and, you know, a couple of months went by and absolute squat, and I'm crying because, like, how am I going to pay my bills? How are we going to do this? Three months later, I'm crying. I think we need to quit. During during the 47-house package deal, that whole amazingness, I'm still crying. I don't know that I can do this. I don't know that I'm capable of this. And I finally stopped that. And, Yeah. Well, so, all right. Um, I was going to ask you, and maybe we can combine this a little bit, but what's your biggest hurdle that you've overcome, and how did you learn from it? It sounds like that was a big hurdle in the beginning, mm-hmm. just your your confidence and the overwhelm of, oh, my gosh, this is huge. What do I do now? How did you, how did you stop that? You said, finally, you stopped telling yourself I can't do it. So what was that switch? The, the, the switch was... Finally becoming more active with uh, the, the REA groups, finding finding the right, and I wouldn't say coach, mentor, but finding the right people to be around. Um, you know, not knowing what I'm doing and not not being comfortable with what I was doing and being around the wrong people just kept leading to that feeling. Um, I'm a very visual person, so if you guys, uh, for any of you uh, born in the 70s and 80s, remember that pogo ball? You know, not the pogo stick, the pogo ball. ball, Um, So you're bouncing on a pogo ball while you're juggling bowling balls that are on fire that, oh, by the way, also have knives sticking out of them. (laughs) When you finally, (laughs) when when you finally go, I'm not juggling this anymore and I'm just going to hop off the pogo ball and I'm going to go play over here in the sand for a couple of minutes. That's when you realize that everybody else was on the sidelines the entire time and there to help you. And when you find the right people to be with. That's when, I mean, there are days where I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, which is most days. Um, Some days it's worse than others. Other (laughs) days I'm like, no, dude, I totally got this. Like, you know, this morning was a great, fabulous example of, you know, if you just get out of your own way, stop making it harder than it actually is. You, You don't have to. That that confidence comes in and goes, yeah, I actually do sort of know what I'm doing. And you're kind of a big deal. Well, I mean, every- <laughs> that's a great feeling. That's, I mean, when you I like get to-, to that point. That's amazing. I mean, that's a breakthrough. I mean, I, I think I'm a big deal, but then I walk out of the house and I go, listen, I'm, I am part of a great deal. I am part of a big deal. I am everybody that I am around. I am only as big of a deal as the people that I'm surrounding exactly. myself with. Yeah, and true. Sandra, Melanie, um, you know, three doors, uh, you know, everybody associated with three doors, all of the REI groups uh, that I have attended, I have, I have you as my stability, so I can be a little less. Listen, so it's just like being in therapy, you know. Right, the right. Yeah, you know, you suddenly you just realize this crap, whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> move on. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. I do love when I go to a networking event surrounded by it all of us, and you walk in, you're like, oh, now yeah. I'm around all my girls, and we're all doing the same stuff and dealing with the same stuff, and yeah. It, it is and empowering, you. and you <laughs> yeah. feel supported. Yeah, and and I was just talking with uh, another lady, and she's a wholesaler, and she was like, "Hey, um, can we meet on Monday? And can you bring Melanie?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She goes, "I hope that's not being too competitive." And I'm like, "Listen, you know what? It doesn't matter who we're working with. When we're working together, we're not being competitive. We're being collaborative. collaborative. And it doesn't matter if Melanie buys the deal and I don't. We are working in concert." with each other we are working together that's and that's what matters 
right? And right. everybody is And we take care the- of each other. Yes. So we're good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we'll be good. It'll be fine. I can't wait to go see those. Yeah. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've been working with clients now for a little while. So um, for our listeners who uh, will be working with clients or already working with clients, what was your worst client-related experience and how did you, um, how did you resolve that? I think it was the, you know, in when we first started in the first three to four months was my, my very worst client was actually a business professional in the real estate industry like us. And, and his attitude and, and his demeanor just from the get-go, from, from the therapeutic side of things, like, dude, I wanted to drop kick you in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would totally love to make sure that my foot met somewhere so that you just fell. Um, but, <laughs> you know, karmically, don't want that to happen. No, no, no. Um, no, no you know, no. He, was, he was just very difficult to work with. And, and in the real estate industry, I just didn't know how to deal with that or how to, you know, basically how to tell him he's full of himself. And, and you know, you're just being a mean butthead. And stop it. And so... To resolve it, I really didn't until we sent the mutual releases of contract and I gave myself permission to just go, you know what, this has no more energetic effect on me and I am going to release all of the emotions that I had attached to these properties and to dealing with him and and I'm just going to let it go. And I learned from that with how to deal with future clients that are going to be difficult that just like in the therapeutic world, their their actions and their thought process is all the reflection of them. And I'm just coming in and, and I get to be that sounding board. And I say the word get because I do. I get to be that sounding board. I talked with a lady on Sunday and um, I told her, hey, by the way, your house is going to foreclosure on the 25th. And she and her daughter started yelling at me. They've never been behind on the mortgage. How dare I call and say they're going to auction. And after about a 45-minute conversation, I was her bestie. I was the bestest friend she'd ever had. I'm talking with her, giving her advice. And I'm like, literally, don't take my advice. I'm not using it, so it's not that good. Um, But here's my suggestions. And, you know, so just really just having that permission to go, if this isn't a conversation that we need to have right now, don't. Good. So you turned a kind of a hostile situation into um, a good, good, productive conversation. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do sometimes. I know. I was going to say, let's talk about that for a second, if, yeah. if that's okay, because I know I don't inherently have that skill, and there's probably other listeners that do not. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, you listened, you you sympathized, empathized with them, offered solutions. I mean, is that too simplified? Or what suggestions um, would you have to deal with that for people that don't have your background? So, So it's really interesting. So a lot of people... Yes, it's oversimplified, but that's actually the most complicated it is, right? So listen, hear, literally hear what they're saying and then emotionally hear what they're saying. So she's yelling at me and, and so that, that reflective speech, that literally just almost parroting what they say Mm -hmm. back. And that's part of like being trained. You Mm -hmm. have to learn how to have those difficult conversations. And then, um, so I'm going to throw, uh, throw a therapeutic word out. It's called DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. Google it. It it rocked my world when I found out how to do this, but it's really just kind of being present in that emotion and go, yeah, man, dude, you are really angry over this and you're mad at me because I'm the one that's calling you and talking to you about it. Yes, I am. 
dude, I get it. You know, so yes, it's empathy. Yes, it's, you know, sympathy. And, and then it's literally saying that the, the, the elephant in the room, you are super angry right now. And you're angry at me for being the one to bring this to you and openly acknowledging those things that they're yelling about, but not saying. And just so putting it out there, just acknowledging it. There. it and yeah. And, and being comfortable with so. being awkward. So you're mm-hmm. acknowledging uh, their feelings and you're acknowledging their perception, right? Yes. You're not saying you agree with it. You're just acknowledging it. You're just it. acknowledging it. So, yeah. yeah. So that is that called labeling in the No, that's actually world? literally acknowledgement. It's just acknowledgement. It's, it's just acknowledgement, okay. you know, because okay. everybody, so that, uh, there's a lot of schools of thought where perception is reality. And that's really kind of true because if my feelings are hurt, you don't get to tell me that my feelings are not hurt or that I shouldn't be hurt. You just have to acknowledge, man yeah, dude, your feelings were hurt over that. That sucks. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm dealing with really sensitive, sensitive situations, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm calling you and, you know, your house isn't up for foreclosure or I'm the first one actually calling and calling that out and, and you haven't been able to take care of it. And so just being able to be comfortable with the fact that this is a pretty crappy situation. And then fall on acknowledging it. I, I start the conversations with, I, I'm really sorry, because I am. Mm-hmm. And, and if, this is, if this is the first you're hearing of it, or you know, if, if, if I'm bringing up something, please tell me. But I think your house is going to foreclosure within the next week and a half. Have you been able to take that care of that? And the, the response that I get from people who actually answer the phone has mm-hmm. been overwhelmingly positive. Because they're like, yeah. And you know, I, I really wish you people would stop calling me. Dude, totally understand that. Do you want me to take you off my list? I mean, I'd right. love to talk to you again. If you, if, you, if, we, if you haven't figured out how to figure how to solve this, call me. I'll give you some resources. So That's great. Well, thank you for yeah. taking us down that path a little bit. That's You're welcome. That's something we haven't talked about a whole lot, and I think a lot of us can learn from those skills when we are dealing with people in tough situations. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's great. So financially... Um, was there a deal you closed, maybe the 47 houses, that made you just go, wow, this is the best thing ever? The, yes. The 47 house package was the one that, yes, this is the best thing ever. Um, so, one, just, I closed a deal this massive. Like, it really didn't hit me for a little while that this was a pretty big deal, right? I mean, because my first deal, that was the one where I'm like, oh, I was supposed to make $4,000 wholesale fee, and I ended up making a $2,000 wholesale fee. And I'm all like, dude, I made a wholesale fee. <laughs> How cool is that? Very cool. Um, yeah. But then, you know, the, the 47 package was just like, so it took me a couple of months to realize, and with several people in spontaneous conversations happening outside of the others, that most people people haven't, one, haven't done 47 deals in their first two years. And I'm like, I don't know that I can call that a a 47 deals because that was one deal. It was one package. Um, But they haven't done 47 deals in two years. And I've done over 50. It still boggles my mind. I'm like, how the heck have I done over 50? Because that was one. And then I've done like maybe a handful more. And just like really going, oh, wow. And you, it might have been one deal, but you walked all those houses, right? I walked all, all 47 the 40, Yeah, all of them. each one. That's a yes. lot. Yes. I was on the phone with the, the agent multiple times a week. So you could say that's 47. I could say. I would. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what everybody keeps telling me. I is I don't like. I, don't I just, make it one deal. Make it 47 <laughs> deal. So I've done over 50 properties in my first that's, two years of doing this. Huge. And I'm just like, 
I, it, it's and who would have thought? Right? Who would have? I mean, I, yeah. I hope that's inspiring some of the listeners. Like you really Absolutely. can jump in and just you never. That's the wonderful thing about real estate is yeah. the possibilities. When you yes. wake up in the morning, you don't know who you're going to run into, who needs, who has a situation that they need to let go of properties. What kind of properties they're going to be, and it could be. You know, today, I always say to myself, today could be the most amazing day. Mm-hmm. Today could be my $100,000 deal. Or, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. it, the possibilities are endless. And and today is, so Anne of Avonlea, you know, way, way back in the day. I know yeah. I'm dating myself. Um, you, know, today is, you know, today is wonderful with no mistakes in it yet. You know, today is wonderful because you have all the possibilities still yet. You know, so we, we, we call that sometimes strength-based thinking is, you know, yeah, today's a fabulous day. Yeah, so what? You woke up today and you have all these things that you want to accomplish. The fact that you woke up and you said, I have all these things I want to accomplish, that's awesome. That is amazing. And, and for people in my world to be able to make one of those things happen a day is awesome. I made phone calls today. I did cold calling today. Do you know how hard that is for oh, me? Oh, yeah. That's hard for oh, me, too. Oh, my Lanta. Yeah. <laughs> Good wanna, for you. Awesome. I want to hire that out so somebody else can do it so that I can come in and swoop in there and save go. the day. You that's can do that. Do. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've given us lots of great nuggets, Tanya, and I appreciate you sharing everything. It sounds like you've learned a lot, and a lot of us can learn from you. What advice would you give to someone just starting out? Just your one best piece of advice. I mean, other than keep your day job? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did say that one. Um, Yeah, so all the book learning is fabulous and great. Then you have to go put it into practice. So massive action, right? Everybody says this, and, and so... So we say massive action, and in my world, I, I sometimes break that down into smaller pieces. Take one action, because that one action sometimes is massive action. You know, my partner and I sitting down to make cold calls, him sitting down with me and handing me a piece of paper for him is massive action. For me, making the phone calls is massive action. Sitting there for two hours, major massive action. And then the second piece is find somebody, a coach, a mentor, or an REI group where you feel comfortable and accepted, and let them teach you while you take action. Okay. I think that's great. We were just talking about that on another episode, that taking the action, those actionable items, I see it over and over. People that come to these groups over and over and have been a member for years are super sweet, very friendly, but for whatever reason, they're not taking any action. So I think just that one bite at a time advice is good. Just start somewhere. Because I know when I started, I wanted to learn everything I could about real estate. And I realized I can't learn it all. My Mm -hmm. brain just won't hold all that. So I need to start with wholesaling. Yeah. I wish that there were a school. So like, you know, I, I had to get a four-year degree to be able to be a social worker and they barely taught me what I needed to do to be able to go out and be a social worker. But if there were like a two-year program that you could go into, you know, kind of like night school, like what I would do to learn all about real estate, how it works, the functions, the functionality, and, and you know, still do everything on the side so that I had that base, that core education that would have... For me, 
I am an education buff. Like, I am the one that I always want to take a class or I want a CEU so that I understand how that, how the actual systems and process work. Then I want to go put it into action. And I did real estate completely backwards. I went and did action before really even understanding how to, what the fundamentals were. So, so typically you're a ready, aim, fire type of person. Typically I'm a ready, aim, fire. Um, sometimes I, I miss that ready and I just aim and fire. <laughs> that's that's, that's okay. the part about the determined and driven. You know, I, 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 want, a, I want a house for my birthday yeah. and I just go and do it, not thinking of all of the steps and the processes. <laughs> and I'm like, really? So sometimes you're also a um, ready, fire, aim. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. and then sometimes I'm a ready... Ready, ready. Well, can we have a couple more years to be ready? Because I'm not ready. That's funny. I'm the ready, fire, aim. So I totally understand. Yeah. I get you. Well, and there's something to be said for failing forward. I think a lot of us learn our best lessons the hard way, but we're learning, and as long as we don't repeat them I again, know. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, the whole thing about learning everything is, you know, the, this one of my life's mottos is, you know, I don't like to make a mistake twice. I right. really don't. You know, I like they to make it five expensive. or six times so I can really learn the lesson. Oh. <laughs> yes, thank you. You're welcome. That's it's a joke. where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> that's why I like talking to her. She always goes a different I route know. than what you think you're going to hear. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. awesome. If, if you want to learn from me, learn your mistake the first time and don't do it again. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, but mistakes are opportunities to learn. Yes. And one of my mentors always says to me, Melanie, you either learn or you win. You never lose. Yeah, we never, ever Good lose. way to think about it. Tanya, it's been great having you here today. We uh, have a couple more things. How can our listeners contact you? Oh, my goodness. Um, so uh, I am on Facebook, uh, Tanya Winnegar. Um, you'll, you'll have to actually spell my name wrong five times to find me. <laughs> or you can, on Facebook, find a solution-focused real estate. Um, okay. I, I am a solutions-focused individual. Uh, I am also at Three Doors. You can call over there, 314-571-9225, or reach me directly on my cell phone, 314-324-2723. Great. Thank you. So before we go, here's one final question for you. What's the one thing you love most about doing business in St. Louis? So something St. Louis-centered. We're a unique city. We're a unique market. We, St. Louis is unlike any other city or city in in America. I mean, we, you know, it's not just the diversity of, you know, you know, I I heard your previous um, guest, you know, it's not just the diversity of being able to be in a $75,000 house, one street and a 750, the next street. It's, it's the, just the. The culture and the history, and I've lived in St. Louis now for 16 years, and I still have yet to hit every tourist attraction that makes St. Louis amazing, right? right? So we, how amazing is it that we are the second largest Mardi Gras uh, party in the United States, Yeah, right? that's coming up. I know. Yeah. And so how awesome is it that we have historic Webster Groves and historic city and, you know, historic St. Charles where you can still see the original 1700s houses. Mm-hmm. There is a cabin on Dietrich Road in Baldwin. I, I, I can't give the address, but if you just drive, you will see an original 1850s log cabin 
they, on, they, they can only date it to the 1850s because that's the only, that's the oldest known record. But the Dietrich family actually lived there for many years before it was on record. So, like, all of these amazing wow. historical love that. structures. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, it's unfathomable. Just take a drive down in the, in the state streets uh, just off of the Grand. The brickwork. I love brick. the brickwork. St. Louis brickwork is renowned across the nation. And, yes, we love our brick. So when, when you tear down a brick house, you've got to be very careful about it because somebody else will pay oh, you. Oh, yeah. They'll come and get it. They yeah. will. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today on the show, Tanya. We really appreciate it. Yeah, this was fun. All right. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Do us a favor and visit the sponsors who help make this show happen. And to contact Melanie Claiborne, I am at 314-707-9122 or Melanie at stlouissolutionsfirm.com. Facebook, St. Louis Solutions Firm, Twitter, LinkedIn, and even Instagram. All right. Well, I'm Sandra Holtmeyer. To reach me, my number is 636-856-3358. You can also find me on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram at Sandra Sells STL. Awesome. And today's show was engineered, mixed, and produced by Antonio Holman, publisher of St. Louis Real Estate Investor Magazine. And our theme song is Escape by the Diviners featuring Rossi. And if you'd like to find out more great content like this, visit stlreimag.com. That's stlreimag.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.